they're going to bet at FanDuel before they're going to bet at Pinnacle at this point, right? Like, why worry about getting $500 down at, at Pinnacle before you bet 2000 at FanDuel? And I'm not saying that, you know... Hey, what's up everybody? GP13 here. Today I want to dive into a tweet that I recently put out. It basically was an overview of six things that you should know about the market that you're betting in, that you're sports betting in, right? Here are the six things right off the bat. Number one, when it opens. Number two, when it moves the most, when it's the most active. Number three, are there any directional tendencies? Number four, public actors that influence the market. Number five, limits across all books and when they increase. And number six, the biggest bettors in the space. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about number one first. Number one thing you need to know about your sports betting market. And when I say your market, I'm, I guess I'm making this episode from the point of view where you're going and you're attacking one sport, one market. Um, as I've talked about, you know, I'm, we're active in the golf market. These are things I know all six of these for the golf market. I have them pretty mapped out in my head. Uh, you can know these for multiple markets. You know, there's when we had uh, Shiesty and Drew on, Halo on, they talked a lot about, you know, knowing when certain lines are going to drop for the NBA, for the NFL. This doesn't have to be limited to one sport. Uh, just remember, like, take this framework and you can apply it to any, any sport, any market within sports betting. Number one, when it opens. Very simple. When do the opening lines come out? And you have to essentially, A, you have to know if you want to bet the opening lines. In DFS Pick'em, you should be betting the opening lines because there's no increase in limits over the week. You know, the opening line is the same limit as the line is right before the games. So it's in a situation like that, it's crucial, crucial that you know when the opening lines come out, right? And this could be something like just paying attention and writing it down, setting an alarm uh, on your phone when you think like so-and-so is going to drop, or it could be some kind of programmed alert, which a lot of people use too. Uh, whatever you need to do, make sure that if you have a strategy that you can bet at the open, then know when those lines are going to drop. Number two, when is it the most active? Now, this is more applicable, I, th I would say, towards uh, the bigger markets in traditional sports betting. There's times of day when people will say, you know, the screen's really lighting up, things are moving around. If you're chasing steam, these are the times when you really, really need to be at the computer because this is when, you know, people are going to be getting their bets down. You're going to be able to pick off moves. Um, there's going to be the most volatility in the market, which is what you're looking for if you're uh, trading a market-based strategy like steam chasing, even, you know, devigging or whatever. Yeah, I'd say devigging probably falls into that, although it's not exactly like as time sensitive. But knowing when the active times are, not just when it opens, but... When are you going to be able to pick off moves? You know, when are people in there like getting their positions down? Because sometimes 
you'll sit and you'll see a big market and it'll just be kind of sitting there quiet for, for a long time. And, you know, another time you'll sit down on the screen, you'll just see it like lighting up like a Christmas tree, right? It's not necessarily like, there's no, I would say formula to it, but it's something that you should keep an eye on and kind of understand like, does, is this a market that moves a lot of the close? That's something that you should be considering because if it's moving a lot of the close, like then maybe be at the computer right before, you know, stuff tips off. If it doesn't, if it's kind of flat at the close and all the big moves happen early, good. Then you should, you should also know that too, know that as well and act accordingly. All right. Number three is directional tendencies. So you'll hear a lot about, you'll hear people hypothesize. Actually, I do not know if this is true or not, but essentially like you, if you want to bet overs, you got to bet them at the open. And if you want to bet unders, you wait and you bet them closer to game time. The theory behind this being that the, you know, the public or the just natural inclination of humans to bet overs kind of steams the, the number up a little bit, you know, from open to game time. And then you're going to be able to get a high number around game time to bet under. Lowest number is going to be at the beginning. I doubt that's actually true. You'd have to talk to somebody who bets into like totals markets that are um, kind of liquid. Player props also like mm, I don't I don't think that's true, but that's a narrative and it, it doesn't really matter if that's true or not. It kind of highlights like what do you know about your market? How do things move? Right? Uh, are there traditional like directional tendencies? For example, in golf, there's this company called Data Golf. They're they have a great API for golf. They're basic they're they're the best probably publicly available model that isn't behind like a sports books wall or betting syndicates wall. And they still have a lot of influence over the golf markets, right? Um so when Data Golf puts out their numbers, they're gonna have they're going the market often moves towards them. There's other factors, there's other sports books that the market respects, but this kind of goes into this is three and four because data golf is a public actor that influences the space and they represent kind of a directional tendency. And it's not one that you say like a line will move one way or another because there's not there are totals in golf, but it's not the big market. The, the directional tendency is like an inertia towards data golf, right? Early on in the week. And then it might move, you know, later away from data golf. And if you basically, I heard this said by one of, um, you know, someone who I really, really respect in the golf betting space, abnormally distributed. He said that if he agrees with data golf, right, he'll bet it early. Because he knows that the numbers are going to get moved against him by data golf. But if he disagrees with data golf, he'll wait. He'll let the data golf steam kind of chase, chase, give him a better number or give him the opportunity to rebet stuff into the sharp books. So he judges his position based on like what he believes to be the perceived movement of the market and how he acts and how he executes that position. So there's like, he gets his number, but he, knows the directional tendencies of the market to be able to like 
either kind of empty the clip early, hold back, be a little more patient because he knows you can get more later. It's a very important skill, right? Like getting down, we always say getting down is a skill and it's exactly stuff like that. Like what AD was talking about with how he reacts to data golf and their influence in the market. So three and four, I'm kind of bundling it, bundling together here, directional tendencies, public actors, a very well-known public actor in non-golf is right angle sports, right? You know that when right angle sports releases their picks, those lines are going to move, you know, whatever, you know, the pick they release, the betters are, they're going to steam it. They have a long track record of winning picks and they're one of the few public touts that actually wins, actually delivers good value. So every time they release a pick, the line just moves, goes crazy. So if you were a better who was, you know, maybe an expert at one of the sports that right, right angle sports handicaps and you saw them release a pick or you had an inclination that they might be on the same side of a game as you, then you would bet their release. But if you disagreed with them, right? Like, let's say you disagreed with them. You'd let the number, instead of, you know, just disagreeing right when they release, maybe you let the number get, you know, a few points higher, get, let the spread get a little bigger, and then you can hammer it back, right? But you have to know, like, when does right angle sports release? College basketball picks, right? Maybe you wait and you see, oh, is, is there going to be a spot that I can take the other side of, right? But you have to know when they're releasing and you have to know who is a public actor that actually influences lines. There's not many, right? Data golf, right angle sports. There's not many highly respected public tout services, but you have to know the ones that actually move the market and are public. There's just no excuse to not have your finger enough on the pulse where you're tracking like the, the public touts who can move markets. All right. Number five is actually probably the most important one to take away because this is something that you can start implementing today. Number five is knowing the limits across every book and knowing when the limits change. Why is this important? You have to know which books are taking big bets because you have to, to create context behind the numbers they're putting out and the moves that happen. Very basic example. Let's say that you have a pinnacle opener and it opens, you know, the pinnacle opener opens and it's like a $500 limit. And you see FanDuel puts out a line and it's like a $2,000 limit for the same game. Now, common wisdom says pinnacle greater than FanDuel, but put yourself in the shoes of a sharp better, right? Or someone who has an opinion and wants to bet this early. They're going to bet at FanDuel before they're going to bet at pinnacle at this point, right? Like why worry about getting $500 down at, at Pinnacle before you bet 2000 at FanDuel. And I'm not saying that, you know, in this situation, you always stick with the, the book that's taking more money, but it's a data point. That's a data point. And you, in a vacuum, the more money a book's taking on the bet, the more confident they are in the bet, the more we're going to trust their numbers. And 
the more we're going to trust when they move numbers. So let's go back to that situation, right? Pinnacle taking 500, FanDuel taking 2,000. Just because Pinnacle's Pinnacle does not mean that we're going to take Pinnacle's line, opening line, when they're only taking $500 and bet at FanDuel. But let's now say, right? Let's now say Pinnacle, FanDuel's showing value against Pinnacle. FanDuel still has the same $2,000 limit, right? But Pinnacle recently raised their limits to take $5,000 a bet and FanDuel is showing value off Pinnacle. What happened here? Okay. Pinnacle has showed that they have more confidence in the line. They've gotten some information. Lineups have come out. Something has happened. They, the trading team, the data science team, they've decided like, okay, we're ready to, to raise it up and start taking $5,000 bets. It's not insignificant because there are sharp people who wait till they can get like a lot down to bet. So they know that when they raise the limits, they're going to be like sharks circling that line. So they have to be pretty confident. They can't just like willy nilly raise the limit because they don't limit betters. You know, they take action from everybody, sharp book, right? So they know there's a lot of eyes on them. And they want to be as confident as they can when they raise it into that like $5,000, $10,000 range taking bets because they know that every syndicate, every sharp better is going to have their eyes on them, right? So now Pinnacle raises their limits, 5000 And FanDuel is showing value against then, against that number on Pinnacle. I say like, that's, that's, a, that's a smash bet, right? Go ahead and take it. I wouldn't take it on the $500 opener personally, unless there's like other factors going on. But when you get that, you have to know when books are likely to like increase their limits. Spank odds is great for that. They, they have, um, you can hover over a lot of the books and see how much they're currently taking on certain markets. That's a very valuable tool, right? Because it allows you to kind of create like a mental hierarchy of like that number that book's taking, you know, 10 grand. So that number, I feel pretty confident in that book's only taking two. Like maybe I'm not as convinced by that book, right? So you have to know not only like the current limits, but also when they're going to change because changing limits is an indication to the market of an increase in confidence. And that should always be factored in to your decision-making. Number six is to know the biggest betters in your space. This is going to be the hardest thing to do just like today, starting today, because you're only going to be exposed to people who have some kind of presence on social media. There are big betters who have social media presences, but you know, for every better that's big on social, there's, you know, two that aren't that are moving a lot of money in the space and, you know, crushing the books, right? So this is only something you get through networking, paying attention, getting hooked up with the industry, just putting yourself out there, meeting people. And you'll soon start to get a feel for like who, you know, is really moving the markets that you play in. And that's helpful to know because you want to, you want to be able to see the market as kind of as for what it is, which is it's, books, sharp betters, recreational betters. And you want to be able to separate 
them out, understand whose opinion is pushing the market at this time and that time. And, oh, is there something I should be thinking about and taking into my process? And maybe some of them are stupid enough to have podcasts where they just spread out all their, all their secrets. And it was a big, it's a fear. It was a fear of mine doing this because I know like I'm going to want to talk about, you know, what I do and I want to give away value, but I also want to protect some of my information. And it's, it's a fine line, right? And people do fuck up and say something they probably shouldn't have said. I've gotten information from betters who are ahead of me who have gone on podcasts, gone on TV or whatever, and probably given away a little too much of their their process. And I'm probably going to do it too. So keep an eye out. And But you have to know like actually who these people are. And that's the difficult part. When you first start out is separating the real ones from just like the um, marketing people. Because you, you, you don't know any better. So just... Keep your head down, meet people, get better. Once you develop your own skills, you're going to be able to more easily recognize in others like who's um, trustworthy, who's legit, who is not worth listening to. You'll meet more people who are worth listening to. They'll tell you, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so was on like XYZ and they like bet like $10 million a day. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know anything about them. Like, I've never heard of those people. And they're like, yeah, they're like out of a garage in Colorado. It's just crazy, crazy stuff like that, right? So just put yourself out there, meet people and put the work in to, to get better yourself. That will kind of take care of itself, right? Like there's not too much you can do. Keep your, you know, go on Twitter, you know, see who who's followed by people that you respect you know, that that could be an indication there. Like certainly if I see someone who I know is sharp follow someone else, like it definitely sends out a, a little a little uh green light in my head being like, oh maybe they know something, right? Anyway, but that's you know, that that comes with time. So just to recap, the six things that you need to know about the market you're trading. One, when it opens. Two, when it's the most active. Three, what are the what are the directional tendencies? Four, who are the public actors who influence the markets? Five, what are the limits across all the books? When do those limits change? And six, who are the biggest betters in the space? So if you can nail those six things down, you'll have a really good understanding of how to best extract value from the market that you're trading. Um, I hope that was a valuable episode. I'd appreciate it if anybody who's listening could... Uh, Give this, uh, give this a rating, give this a share. Would love to get some more people into the crew and hop into the Discord. If you haven't already, we're going to be making, uh, we're going to be pushing some big changes and like some big extra value there. So if you can hop by, that would be great, greatly appreciated. And I will see you all on the next episode.